0: Welcome to the fifth episode of SoFi. This is Atharva Karadikar here. This is atish Our topic, our topic for today is honor and duty. Alright. Now you might go, Kiha what else, what the fuck has honor and duty got to do with philosophy? It has got a lot to do with philosophy. That's what this podcast is about. So like <laughs> stick around yeah, yeah. and find out.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. So um before we start, what do you think about honor? The word itself.
0: The word itself, I think I think the word honor is very it's a very loaded word, yeah. Uh I think it comes it's a remnant of a very primitive culture. Like a very primitive cultural system. Primitive as in? Primitive as in structurally. So we have previously agreed that yeah. all systems uh, all cultures are systems, yeah. Yeah. There are simple systems and there are complex, complex systems. systems yeah. So the, those cultures were more primitive in the sense that the systems, their cultures were more simple in the way they function, what was right and wrong was more defined, yeah. it was more black and white, less grey, yeah the greyness comes in when there is more ambiguity in what is right and wrong so because of that, because of the fact that it comes, it is a remnant of a, of primitive cultures I think it comes from a time when all that a man possessed was his word yeah, yeah. the fact, his honour, his, his the fact that he won't do anything wrong yeah, his, his word was the highest thing that the, a man possessed because yeah. the, there, were, there, were, there were not, people didn't have a lot of possessions. They did not own land. They just got by, they did things and got by. Yeah. So the most, the highest thing that a man possessed and could give was his word. Was his and name? that's why I feel that honor was very important in all of these societies, like all of these. A, uh, ancient societies and collectives that formed
1: pre-industrial,
0: pre-industrial everything that was pre-industrial that was based off on conquering of territorial warfare of territorial conflicts, yep. Yeah? Because there, the word was important because the only reason a lot of uh people could live at peace, like a lot of different communities, a lot of different types, tribes, I think, could live at peace with each other was because they mutually agreed that. Let us not fight. Okay, that was the word they gave to each other and that was a sacred word, that was a sacred one. That's why, like, when uh, someone was killed, if some people from other tribes were killed, it was taken as a huge insult because it was, it it signified breaking a bond that was extremely sacred. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel that, that's why I feel all that's why it's very loaded because even in today's, in today's day and age, I feel it has lost a lot of the depth of its meaning because we define ourselves through a lot of our material possessions now. Yeah. So, because of that I feel honor uh has lost a lot of importance but at the end of the day I like there are still people who say yeah okay yeah. that there's still there's still an honor system that is very prevalent and that that shows itself in ways I feel that are not very evident yeah but it, it, there's, there's still a whole concept of the, of a word that a man gives yeah the whole concept of the angry young man in bollywood if it comes from this whole honor system, yeah. the angry young man is angry because he's out to avenge something. He's out to seek revenge. Something has he has there's something wrong that has been done to him, and he has his honor to protect. Okay, his honor or his girlfriend or wife's honor, whatever. All right. Okay, what do you think, Adesh? Uh, for uh, me, <laughs> uh,
1: for me, as you said, honor is, is indeed a very loaded term. The first thing that comes to most people's minds when they hear honor is honor killings. And that is how it has been associated in our world because the remnants of the honor culture of yesterday that we have today are deeply problematic in many ways because the traditional practices, the situation that it arose from are no longer there. True. true. And whatever it remains is that way of thinking. But essentially for me, honor is deeply associated with the idea of risk, right? Uh, all honor societies, as you said, were pre-industrial. Because I think uh, industrialization is a very essential part in human, plays a very important role in human history in actually taking people away from direct consequences of their actions, right? Uh, take, for example, in an indu- in an industry of any sort, okay. when you mass produce things, uh, each worker is responsible for only one part of it, right? So at best, you are responsible only for the one part failing. Of course, you, you might be responsible for your own job, yes. But uh, you and as industrial societies grow, even uh, from industrial to post-industrial, like our own studies now,
0: yeah.
1: it moves from products to more abstract concepts such as services, right? Which is why we have jobs such as intellectuals or you know people who professionally deal in ideas. Yeah. Now, these people do not make any tangible products, right? And the, these products cannot be consumed in a way that we understand consumption in the uh literal sense so what industrialization in my view does is takes risk away which is where honor is extremely important because honor comes deeply associated with risk because as you said these societies people in these societies lived in a very terrible time right, right. it'll be fair to say that because you do not know what's going to happen next and they could not budge down to risk because they I mean, then you'd just be all nihilistic and die, right? Yeah. The best thing you could do was, to as these, yeah to be a man, like make these myths, right? To be a man and uh, face up to it, which is why honor codes were a way in which you could bind society together, protect each other from these harshness, uh, harsh surroundings outside, while also being able to survive yourselves within that structure, because everything else is risky. So you had to put yourself in line for your family, so that your family does not, uh, go. Ex- uh, for example, which is why the traditional conception of a man for instance is so deeply rooted in how many risks he can take, how unemotional he is because you have to put yourself in line for your family that's how I look at honour uh, in a very risk-centred lens so without risk there would be no honour
0: okay so th- talk about risk I think there's also uh, a certain prevalence of the need for honour which is not there anymore yeah, because yeah. again, because industrialization. Yeah, a uh, uh, pre-industrialization our society was based. It was a co-dependent society.
1: Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah.
0: intra-society are, are like we like you might say we have greater cooperation now between nations. There's greater cooperation, but there's lesser co-dependence.
1: Co-dependence. Yeah, yeah
0: each country is independently capable of producing a large amount of items without relying on other things. Yeah, so because of that, uh, and not just countries, even people. Because of industrialization, a lot of machines do things that we would have otherwise employed people to do. Yeah. And now because there is an, uh, there is not a need to be honourable. Yeah. Like uh, by by the lack of need to be honourable, I mean, uh, before people needed to be honourable because if you were if you were dishonourable, you got a bad name in society. As you said, yeah, you got a bad name in society. People would refuse to work with you, and you wouldn't be able to live. Yeah. yeah. But now if you're a dick, if you're an asshole, okay, if you are if you have no honour. It's still, it's still you can be a CEO to, uh, yeah okay alright those are jobs specially crafted for right? yeah. so so uh, but yeah if you're like that if you're dishonorable you can still live in this society yeah a dishonorable person a dishonorable man has a place in the society yeah. and I feel that is because of industrialization and because That's of true. how uh, there is a lack of personal touch in the kind of dependency we have created yeah, yeah so
1: so yeah <laughs> because ethics, were me, uh, I mean, look at what happens today. If you are unethical, you make unethical choices. A lot of times you go, ah, uh, they go unpunished. A lot of times. But in uh, pre-industrial times, if you did anything wrong, your life was at stake because those times were like that, right? Because you no longer had a safety barrier of the market. Yeah, because the social code, the social exactly. contract
0: you entered yeah. was very strong. You, if very you broke strong. the yeah. social contract, the punishment was there.
1: Yeah, and you and you mentioned uh, uh, about how cooperation between countries has increased, right? But in an honest society, what happened was people who were in the in-group, people who are related or who are friends were very deeply attached, while the out-group was uh, was always seen in a very hostile manner. It was based on a blood bond. Exactly. It It was very black and very white. Now, in a society, as you mentioned, which is extremely grey like ours, you do not know who to associate it and who to dissociate yourself from. Which is why, I just say, the need for honor is gone. Because yeah. you no longer have to put yourself in line for anyone. True. Because you... Nobody else is doing that. Exactly. Either. Because you only live for yourself. True. And that, of course, comes out of the en- entire Enlightenment project, right? Where human beings become the central part of uh, whatever uh, the world we envision ourselves in. Enlightenment uh, is a period in the 16th, 17th century. For those who do not know, when... Um, The ideas which were previously centered around God and saw God as the most essential and powerful being in the whole universe shifted to man. So individual rights were born, democracy was born, and every individual was more important than collective society, which is why we have concept of human rights and not group rights, right? Which is why you do not vote according to your group and according to an individual that that you are.
0: Also, but I would like to add over here that the term enlightenment is a self-label. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. We do not know whether it is the enlightenment enlightenment because we do not know whether the practices we have adopted as e as 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 yeah. as a, uh, I don't know what to say as as a planet ha, are viable or feasible. Uh, but I mean, there that's are not, we've been led to believe. Yeah. That is what we feel is the best course of action with the least amount of damage.
1: There are no objective Uh, standards to measure it against it because nothing else happened. This is the thing that has happened. So you you can always see what happened before and after. So of course, uh, people are much more peaceful now, but that could be due to a lot of reasons, not merely because of
0: region, right? (laughs) Knowledge is only wisdom
1: in hindsight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is a paper by this uh, law professor guy who wrote that in in, um, America. Ever since uh, the Wright Smith, the entire Wright Smith, and the fact that everyone got a lawyer and everything, which is based on the rights thing, because every individual requires a lawyer and everything, is actually backfired and more black people get incarcerated in the US. Oh. That's a very good paper. Um, yeah. You should check that out. It's about how uh, the entire Enlightenment project is essentially very, very stupid and makes people suffer of course. more than it. Of course. So anyway, no, so that, that, that. Was, that the Enlightenment puts value in the individual, which is why you no longer do things for others and others don't do things for you. And there is no longer the need for codependence. Yeah. So you are dependent with yourself and a very small group. So no longer the extended family concept is dead, right? Yeah. So I that's do, a nuclear family. Exactly. Yeah. I do not know how most of my relatives, except for my yeah, parents, same. of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some are un- unfortunate on that front as well. But. So um I'm sure you don't either, right? I don't either. Yeah. So, I, I really don't. Like the thing is we've also moved around a lot, yeah. So that 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 is what is uh, one of the costs uh, of this culture. But, and a lot of people would argue that it is for the good. And yeah. we can go into that later. But uh, now we're differentiating honor cultures from non-honor cultures. So in uh, Muslim families, because Islam is a very uh, honor-based, honor-based culture. culture yeah. the families are much larger. Yeah. You have kinship bonds that go far deeper than uh, people in cities. True. People True. like True. us. True. Because uh, well, firstly, mus- uh, Muslim people are the poorest in our country. So they have to bond together because their situation they have is very again. There's a need for exactly the honor need code. for the honor code because you have to put yourself in line so that the entire community survives because they're the poorest and against and under a lot of attack, right? A lot of the times because the fact that they're different from the majority. So honor comes out of need. So I think we've established that.
0: Yeah, let us look at society first. Let us define society first because. Uh, we have to we have to uh, discuss how society is again mutual cooperation, yeah. Because yeah. mutually agreed upon. And the fact that it going out of society is a possibility. And that it's a possibility that exists in all cultures, yeah, because deviants, people who do not conform to a lot of societal norms have always existed in all cultures. Yeah. So going out of society also exists in all cultures, and therefore honor does not apply to these deviants as well. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so because again, so coming back to society, uh, what what according to you is society? What makes society?
1: When do people interact? I mean, that's also, too okay. So another More a- than two another years. reason,
0: another reason why I want to yeah. include society is because coming back to the original question I posed in the beginning, what has this got to do with philosophy? Yeah. yeah. Philosophy as as like. Philosophy, I feel, has got a lot to do with everyday human life yeah. and an understanding of it and an effort to make it better, yeah, yeah? through that understanding and that includes political philosophy Obviously,
1: yes. and that yeah.
0: includes civic philosophy, that includes governance and that includes self-governance and that's that's why I feel that we should talk about society as well because this is the first topic that, I feel, uh, I, uh, that we have taken up that includes a lot of uh, political Politics. philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why again I'm sorry. Coming back to what do you feel is society? What according to you?
1: So society, I think, would be a functional. I mean, it's a it's a convenient manner in which we can go about without killing each other and yet all benefit from it. Okay. Now I I mean this is derived entirely from Thomas Hobbes, (laughs) not my own. But yeah, he was a Scottish philosopher. That that's his view which I derived upon from. Because I mean. So the social contract theory, right? Yeah. He was one of the people that uh gave the social contract theory, and he said the reason why we have a social contract, why we have society, do, do not live in anarchy. Can can I'm is, sorry? Can you repeat the name again? Thomas Hobbes.
0: Thomas Hobbes. Oh, right. so like Calvin Hobbes. Okay. Yeah, and Hobbes he gave and he gave the social contract theory, which was uh, positive.
1: Which posited that um if which posited that the reason why we have social contract, why we have society, and we do not live in an anarch, uh, anarchist society, is because we would all start killing each other. Otherwise, we need powerful laws because human beings are inherently selfish. That's was his view. And uh, he gave an example. like If you have a mango tree between you and your neighbor's house, you'll both want the mangoes start killing each other. But if you agree that we'll share the mangoes, right, and we'll protect the mango tree from a third outsider, then you enter a social contract so that you don't kill each other. You both, both get benefits and you're alive to reap those benefits, essentially. So that is my view of society derived
0: from at its, at its most basic society is an agreement to not kill each other yeah yeah, it's an agreement to live in a manner that benefits both parties involved yeah, yeah. Uh, and again I stress on the word benefit because if there was no the benefit I don't think people would mutually take part in society yeah there are a lot of benefits that people get from society which is like security not just job security but other security yeah, yeah. like normal uh social security as well uh and health benefits medical benefits a lot of them uh so yeah there are a lot of benefits to being a part of society and uh, yet being a part of society we see a distinct lack of honor in modern society yeah so what what uh coming back to the role that mor- uh, honor plays in modern society i feel that at least okay Talking about Indian society, yeah, Indian society is very unique because in in Indian philosophy or in uh, what is considered Indian philosophy, there is no single word for honor.
1: There isn't, yes.
0: Yeah, there's no single word for honor because I feel for them honor is
1: too simple a word. At least in Sanskrit there's not, yeah.
0: Yeah, in Sanskrit yeah. there's not, there's dharma. Yeah, yeah there's dharma, dharma is the dharma. closest, yeah, dharma, dharma yeah. is the
1: closest uh, equivalent a...
0: of honor.
1: It's between honor and duty, I
0: feel. Yeah, uh, Yeah. exactly. Because uh, I don't think that they feel that honor can ever be standalone. There's no honor in singularity. There can never be honor in singularity. Honor is always contextual. Yeah. All right. It is contextual to a lot of different factors. And that's why uh, in uh, Indian philosophy, there are a lot of different kinds of dharma. Uh, There's Raj Dharma. There's Lok Dharma. There are different kinds of dharma. Different levels of dharma. Different levels of dharma. And... uh, that I feel is more of it's a more comprehensive version of the social contact that we just exactly, spoke about. Yeah. Uh, it it speaks of again. So I I feel that there is there is nothing spiritual, there is nothing uh supernatural uh, about dharma, yeah? dharma or honor or duty. All of it are I feel concepts that we have adopted because they have worked. Yeah over the ages um and uh yeah so coming back to dharma in indian society uh so because of this dharma helped in establishing a lot of roles in indian society you know it played a huge part in determining what people do with their life yeah you grow up uh that's why there's a i feel this whole concept of trying to determine your career since since Grade five, yeah, it's a very Indian thing, it doesn't happen outside, yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't happen outside a lot, it happens in India because Indian culture has always thought that knowing what you do in your life is something that you're supposed to know since birth. Yeah. So, uh, like it, it is something you can still see today, uh, and it is, it is, it is, a, it is your du- So, like, that's why there are people who are born in families that are doctors for generations. It becomes their, it yeah. become, it becomes, it becomes a matter of honor for them if if they don't become a doctor. Exactly. Yeah. Like they have the choice not to be. It's shameful, yeah. It's shameful if, if you're not. If, if you're not. Yeah. And uh, or like, or like any other profession for that your matter. That's a doctor, and always. you do arts. Yeah. So, right. That's <laughs> that's, a, that's a that comes off as a very difficult question. Easy, Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, so. So that's, that's' that's what I'm saying so it has it has got, got a lot to do with context and honor and duty has got, has got, to, got got a lot to do with context because society determines what is good, what is not good what is not good and what is avengeable what uh, like what is considered dishonorable yeah everything yeah. is determined by a context everything is determined by a society because yeah. a lot there are a lot of things in the modern twenty first century that would be considered extremely dishonorable less than 50 years ago yeah yeah and uh those still exist to an extremely great extent but like i mean in india it still does in the west it has almost not really i think that's a misconception that people have uh if india has bigoted if india has bigoted views and an extremely rigid caste system the west has deeply entrenched christianity
1: yeah but uh, honor which,
0: which which does not come out very often, yeah. because it is not very extremist in the way it functions. It's
1: also under the skin of secularism. That yeah, it's also under
0: the skin of secularism. So, uh, because of that, that like, Christianity is a huge movement in the West. Yeah. And uh, it is something that, again, has an honor code within it. Yeah? Yeah. The most pivotal movement of Christianity is when Judas betrays Jesus. Exactly. That creates... An event that is a defining event for yeah. a lot of Christians in in what is considered their Christian mythology. So uh, I I feel that's what honor and betrayal are things that are so personal that that each even the poorest of person possesses honor. Yeah? yeah, like each person has a sense of honor. It is not something that anyone gives or takes away. It is something that you have. That it is an inherent value that is I feel presupposed and presumed. Okay within each person which you either lose or you gain as you live your life
1: uh, so. actually uh, i mean I, I like to think about that inherent value of what you uh, that you have that cannot be taken away or uh, given to you is uh, more of uh, the post enlightenment conception of human value of where you have uh, okay. uh, uh, self esteem okay. you have value by the very virtue of being human right the fact okay. that you are human in itself is valuable which is why We do not kill, which is why a lot of people are opposed to uh, death penalty, right? They do not want death penalty because they still think even if you are wrong, you still have value attached to the life that state should not be able to take. I'm I'm sorry, I
0: disagree with you slightly over here because I feel human life has always possessed value. People have always recognized the fact that human life and humans possess an inherent inherent Mm -hmm. value. It's just that societal systems at that time did not grant that inherent value to everybody equally. The, that inherent value was conditional. Yeah, you had to fulfill certain criteria. You had to be a part of a certain. In-group. But if this
1: condition is not inherent
0: anymore. No, see, that's what. Because, because inherent is, is conditional only on being born. No, because it was conditional because the, cri- they didn't, the people who fa- fell outside the in group were not considered human. Yeah, they were dehumanized. That's why ev- every time the opposition in any mythology always has very. Distinctive features that are ugly, yes. that are prominent, yeah, because they have to be dehumanized for right. you yes. to treat them and wage war in them the way that used to happen. Each each person has in, inherent value. as something that we have always known. It's just that previously it was conditional. Yeah, it's just that it has become unconditional now. There's
1: there's universal yeah. universal, universal human rights. Right.
0: Yeah, all right. Human rights were always there. They just weren't universal. Which is now something that we have begrudgingly come to accept in like oh, khart. Okay. And something
1: also, like humans were not an entity upon themselves. They're not independently existing of anything else. Yeah. In honor cultures, there yeah. was no such thing as human that could be differentiated from there the were family. There always people. Exactly. There was yeah. people. There, there yeah. was the, always the multiple, never the yeah. singular. Yeah. Because you as a singular entity did not exist. It still is there in Japan, right? And in uh, very tightly woven cultures where you are uh, defined by your responsibility. Like, it's a stereotypical thing. Yeah, no, a that's the opposite. Uh, What's
0: the opposite of an individualistic culture? Collectivist Collective. Cult- Collective. culture. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you are defined by your duties to your parents and everything uh, like that. So, the idea of humanity is entrenched in larger society itself. So, which is why I said, uh, by virtue of being human, you do not have any rights as an individual with a single body. So even if you leave society, and even if you have killed someone, you are not put to death in a lot of modern societies for that very reason. And which is why we have the notion of justice, which I think is very important that we should bring here, because justice is a made-up concept, right? We both agree that justice is a made-up concept, or do you not? Uh, Justice, I feel, is not a
0: made-up concept. It's a deeply personal concept which has to be generalized for society
1: i i I mean justice in the way that we apply in law today
0: it's again i i I don't i don't like the word made up yeah because made up implies fake or unreal all right and actually just because again i believe that just because something is conceptual it doesn't mean it isn't real all right that's why i don't like the word made up I, i i would i would say justice is conceptual it is deeply
1: influenced by our human culture. By made up, I meant artificial. Yeah, it and is artificial. Reality a Reality does not... Ha- I mean, I look at reality as what is and what works. There's a functional so, so it way. is real. See, there's a functional reality yeah. and there's a philosophical exactly. reality. Exactly. It is okay. real, but it is not it is, okay. tangible or pre-existing. Yeah, it is not pre-existing. pre-existing. It is not exactly. tangible. Yeah. It's, a, it's a concept. It's a concept, yeah. That's yeah what but I just meant because by it's a concept, it's, it doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah, obviously, yeah. 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 It is real because we can apply and exactly. have benefits and costs from it. Exactly. It, obviously. exactly. So, uh, I didn't mean that. I meant uh, something that's not naturally, inherently born, right? True, true. true. So that, but uh, in honor cultures, this idea of justice does not exist. Hmm. Uh, instead of justice, there is the idea of revenge, right? You do not have justice.
0: No, that because is it, justice.
1: It, that is justice, yeah. yeah. I mean, Justice in the way we uh, envision today, conceptualized today. Yeah, so true. today, uh, you involve third parties. Yeah. For example, if I kill uh, any of your relatives, you're not gonna go back and kill me. You go to the court. Yeah. Right. And I am proven guilty, and I am put into prison. Now, what does that serve? Uh, I'm put into I'm put into prison uh, because I am identified as a threat to society, and uh, uh, they do not want me to commit more crimes, and they want me to suffer, so they put me in pr- prison, which Takes me away from society. Hmm. Now that does not bring you any peace because you're not going to get your relative back. Yeah. Right. In honest societies, if I kill you, you kill one of my relatives. Like or if you I kill, kill the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean if you kill your daughter, uh, if I kill your daughter, you kill my daughter, right? Yeah, again, because right? honest exactly.
0: societies are based on deep, deeper exchange of organizations.
1: Ex- yeah, exactly. It, it is always yeah. uh, proportional. Proportional. It is proportional, it is retributive. Yeah, Like, there are two sorts of justice, right? Uh, restorative and retributive. Okay, please elaborate on that. I mean, restorative would be the fact that you do something to... re yeah, so okay. a, a Restore something. Yeah, restore a virtue. So, you right, right. believe that a human being is not bad, essentially. They've done a crime and they should suffer and then go back to society living right. the way they should. Retributive is they have done something and they should pay for it, pay for it in the exact proportional manner and honor society that's why it did not have justice in the way that we think today they oh. had justice in pure proportional proportionality so once you've done it you've done it there is no scope for change true, true, so you true, cannot true. say that i killed someone uh, someone that you know but now i won't do it i apologize i pay you money now that will work you have to lose the same limb okay. or the same relative or whatever you have taken away from someone.
0: so on a side note on a side note as a yeah, when i used to watch a lot of mobster movies yeah. I always used to feel why doesn't the, like why doesn't one gang just kill the other leader?
1: That okay, is. why do
0: they keep him alive? Why do they cut off a hand? Why do they cut off any other? Yeah. Now, What do they do? All right. Why do they do that? And it is now. It is now. I realize that it is because their punish. The punishment should fit the crime. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If the crime was not as great as to deserve death, then they do not get that because not, that is yeah. just. Okay, exactly. if you if you then if you kill a man then you are doing injustice. but exactly. you are the bad guy. And exactly. what the guy did is forgiven because then you did him a greater deal Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, I feel that's that's
1: and I feel the idea of dharma is very closely related to that. That proportionality, which is why, for example, dharma of a king, right, yeah. in delivering justice. It has to be firm, but it cannot be too harsh. Yeah. Which is why in all our mythology we see tyrants getting treated the way they should be by people, uh, by, by gods. All the avatars. And none of them by virtue are bad human beings. Because I do not think yeah. in Hinduism you have this inherent good. concept of good and evil. True, true, which true. is a very Christian idea. Yeah. They were all bad because of their lapses in dharma. And which is why because the, they uh, did not uh, behave the way they were supposed exactly. to. Exactly. So the proportionality is very important. True. Because our justice today is not proportional. right? Which is why, uh, I mean, jail, what does jail do? It is a very abstract notion of seclusion where you can be reformed. Yeah. I'm not saying it is bad. Because, because I think it a, works in a, a lot of jail, senses.
0: I feel a jail is like... You know, uh, when uh, like when my mom used to ask me to clean my room, I used to push all the shit under my bed. Yeah, yeah so my room appears clean. Appears. But the shit's still there. Yeah. It's under my bed. It's not clean. Yeah, I think jirs are that concept. It's, it's just putting the putting problems away. away so that they're away from the... So root, you can't, see. So you can't mic- see it. So that you can't see it. So that the problem exists, but the problem exists in seclusion. So it's right. not your problem. Exactly. Yeah. Alright, But that's why I feel society is very convenient for these systems to function because yeah. if there's a society, then you can exclude someone from it yeah. by creating a separate subsystem as a prison.
1: Exactly. So uh, all of this is to uh, make the point that honor societies are very proportional. Which is why uh, the idea of justice that we have today, in a way, is the offshoot of the fact that we no longer have an honor culture.
0: Hey guys, this is the end of SoFi, episode 5, part 1. We shall be continuing this discussion in part 2, so stay tuned and check it out.